I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty moderates, hello. As usual, it's our weekly Stay Dirty, Stay Moderate episode. So here's where we are. I'm pessimistic. Yeah, that's right. I'm pessimistic. People ask me all the time, what do you think is going to happen? And I say, I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller, but I'm pessimistic. Here's what I mean. Democracy, guys, is really, really on the brink. And I say it all the time. That's what this podcast is dedicated to doing. I know everyone who listens to it understands the scourge and the threat, the poison in the system, you might call it, of Trumpism. But just this weekend, two articles in the New York Times, which were chilling. One is what's called The End of Ohio, with the emergence of J.D. Vance, author of Hillbilly Elegy, professional huckster, by the way, who said Trump could be the next Hitler. Anyway, he has received Trump. He received Trump's endorsement, and he will be the Republican nominee for the Senate in the state of Ohio. Ohio, which has Sherrod Brown as its other senator, who is a liberal Democrat by all accounts, but Vance is being challenged by Tim Ryan. Good man. Good, probably moderately liberal, or you might even say slightly conservative Democrat running to win back the votes of the heartland that Trump did so well in in 2016, 2020. The end of Ohio, though, means that uh, you could have a Senator Vance. And Ohio, which once used to be the fulcrum, the sort of uh, bellwether, if you will, as Ohio goes, so goes the nation, could very well just be red, despite there being another Democratic senator. Republican governor, state legislature, a state that used to send liberals. John Glenn of Ohio, famous astronaut. He was a senator for years. The great Howard Metzenbaum. Those of you old enough to remember him was a liberal senator who represented Ohio. Uh, there have been many through history, but it's also the state of William Taft and Robert Taft, famous Republican senator, but different kind of conservatism than there is now. My point being that was the end of Ohio was one. The other was how Trump literally transformed the Nebraska Republican Party and turned it into a right-wing horror show, basically. And I speak to this because I've spent a lot of time in Nebraska. My best friend's from Omaha. I have family friends there that are like family to me, and I know the state. I've been going to Omaha for 30 years. Omaha had Democratic senators, Bob Kerry, Jim Exon. They had moderate Republican governors like Kay Orr. They had Democratic congressmen. There's only three districts here. Peter Hoagland. This is a state that people identify as so red. Well, it elected a lot of moderates and centrists, a lot of dirty moderates through the years. But that's gone hard right, too. The party apparatus of the Republican Party. is. So I'm pessimistic not only because of this, but because I don't think, and this is going to piss people off, but hey, we're moderate. We tell the truth. I don't think the Democrats have it in them to fight it. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying don't care. I'm not saying don't fight. But what do I see? I see a Democratic Party that in the nation, okay, throughout the nation, is a moderate party. They are. They're a moderate party. Democratic Party has 50 state offices because we're 50 states. If you go to the Democratic Party, right? of Alabama, or Indiana, or Ohio, or even places like Montana, 
Pennsylvania. You're going to find that there are people who are very dirty, moderate, very middle of the road, right, who have either been lifelong Democrats or who have become Democrats since Trump ascended to power and expedited the moral and philosophical collapse or catalyzed, I should say, the moral and philosophical collapse of the party of Abraham Lincoln. Well, why then, okay, and this is part of what I'm, I'm pessimistic about, does a noisy minority on the left have to be allowed, and when I say allowed, I mean legally they're allowed, but why does the party not tell them to shut the fuck up? How about that? Nationally, here's what I mean. The right has become a lunatic fringe. Okay, Their far right isn't their far right. Their far right is their center. It is the party of Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, Lauren Boebert, all these people, Paul Gosser. Kevin McCarthy probably won't be speaker. He'll be a lunatic. But that's actually who the party has become. J.D. Vance, half of them are liars, you know. But they're in the tank. Not just for Trump, but for Trumpism, for the tear the system down, anti-conservative, white nationalist, xenophobic, rageful machine, you might say, against this place that we all love. Place that we all used to believe in. We disagreed. We've always disagreed. I had the great Professor James Marone on my uh, podcast last week. If you haven't heard that episode, make sure you do. His book, Republic of Wrath, talks about tribalism since George Washington. We've always been tribal. There's always been attempts at sedition and laws passed against free speech. And uh, there was a civil war for crying out loud and violent coups. And, you know, don't forget Aaron Burr, you know, shot Alexander Hamilton. And Hamilton was vice president, shot him. We've always had this. But we are now at a place where we don't have an agreed upon consensus is the difference of what we used to have. So given that the far right is at the center of the Republican Party, but the far left is not, actually representative of the Democratic Party at large. Why are they talking about fielding left-wing candidates in swing districts when there is a wave coming, folks, that I believe is going to be red? That map's going to be blanketed in red. Trump probably will announce his run for the presidency shortly thereafter. We learned today Elon Musk says he allowed back on Twitter. That was inevitable anyway, by the way. I don't care. I really don't give a shit. You know what? If you're on Twitter... And you're afraid to speak to people like or speak up against people like Trump or your political allies are nervous or, you know, everyone's hunkering in a corner and you'd rather just cry and hand ring and be outraged. Well, grow the fuck up. Trump will be back on Twitter. Grow the fuck up. At least you'll know every day, every moment of the day, because he's such a whack job, we're, we're, what we're up against. Maybe it'll remind you to vote in 2022. Just the other day, I was tweeting about in 2020, 101 million people did not vote, about a third of the voting population. So 81 million roughly voted for Biden, 74 and a half million voted for Trump. Okay, That was up from his vote in 2016 by, I believe, by about 7 million votes. If I'm not mistaken, you can check the math or check the data. Okay. Are you going to vote? That's the other thing. The Democratic Party despairs, there's a big wing of them, and a lot of them are younger, not all, that every candidate on the ticket won't be a Bernie guy or a progressive. You know, they're poo-poo and Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania. You know, they don't want, you know, there to be centrist candidates, God forbid. You know, Biden's let them down. Of course, he had a 50-50 Senate. 
right? Five-seat majority roughly in the House, give or take. Why? Because the Republicans cleaned your clock down ballot in 2020. Trump got in, and we talk about this all the time, seven and a half million votes, sure, Biden won you know, the popular vote. So what? It's not what determines our system. I don't like it. I think that is what should determine our system. But in, as far as I can see, the Electoral College is here to stay. And Biden only won those three states, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia, by about 44,000 votes. Would have gone the other way. After the politicized pandemic, after 400,000 deaths, after the catastrophe of Trump, after an impeachment over Ukraine, right? And then, of course, the insurrection, but that was after the election. But what I mean is Trump would have been still the 45th president of the United States. So what I'm trying to say is you got people that don't vote. There's people that are on the left who are upset that Biden hasn't given them free everything, free student loans and forgiven those and everything they've ever wanted because life sucks. Well, you know what? Other generations had it hard too, guys, okay? And I'm not trying to be the guy, the the old cranky guy that compares it, but what I'm saying is people stood in bread lines in the Great Depression, okay? And there were plenty of baby boomers that had it rough. Every generation's faced a different set of challenges. I sympathize with you guys. I think you have been screwed by endless wars and uh, bad economies, but I think you've also been screwed by overwrought, overweening government. I think you've been screwed because politicians of both parties have run up a credit card bill of the United States Treasury that they can't pay, which keeps us stifled. And now all we do is borrow money from China, right? Because we keep paying interest, borrow money from China to fund the military industrial complex. I agree that should be cut and to spend money whenever we want. Right since 2020, I think we've spent something like 6.5 or 7 trillion. That is insane. You can't look at those numbers, progressives, listen up, and say that hasn't contributed to an overheating of the economy. It's not the only reason there's inflation. There's a war going on, right? And with Russia, uh, we are definitely dealing with a huge surge of demand in the supply chain and what have you after the pandemic. Huge. That's all affecting it. But you know, we pumped a lot of money in, and a lot of that money didn't get spent. Kanye got a million dollars from the PPP. Remember that? Payment Protection Program or part of the COVID relief or it was to help businesses. Tom Brady got 900 grand or something. A lot of that money either didn't get spent, went in the wrong hands, as usual, fell into a shit pile of bureaucratic crap, malaise, your tax dollars. People are fed up with that. Take it from me. I'm politically homeless. Get out of your progressive bubble, guys. I'm pessimistic because you guys are going to sit there and field your fantasy land candidates, and that will have something to do. And you lost. You lost badly. Bernie didn't get the nomination. He was creamed in 2020 by Joe Biden, put there by moderate working class black voters mainly, but moderate voters anywhere. You got your clocks cleaned down ballot, as I said. You don't have progressives that can win outside of their given area. Don't forget Rashida Tlaib is a Palestinian. She represents Dearborn, Michigan. It's very Arab. That's why they voted for her. She's a piece of shit. She's an anti-Semite. She booed Hillary Clinton. She's not a team player. I'm not even a Democrat, but you want to run her? She's way out of the mainstream. Members of the squad voted against aid to Ukraine. They vote against seizing Russian oligarchs. I mean, they're all there. You know, AOC couldn't be dog catcher outside of her district, folks. So lose the fantasy. She can go sit on The View. She can go to the Met Gala. She can trumpet all of her stuff, 
all that wonderful stuff. I know she's helped so many people in all the years. She's written out one bill, by the way. All I'm saying is, is if that's going to be your model, and I say this to my friends, your party may be moderate, but the people who are the loudest are not. And those people are going to be avatars. They're going to be images, icons, symbols to voters in the middle, certainly on the right, but in the middle, that if they keep it blue, we're not saving democracy. We're looking for a kind of New Deal, FDR, even call it Scandinavian transformation. The country is an AOC, guys. Enough with the cult. Okay, the Republicans have their cult. They are genuinely threatening democracy. I care about democracy. People ask me, what do you care about the most? Democracy. The average person cares about inflation or gas prices. Of course I care about that. But I know that a Republican Congress who has absolute vengeance on their mind for this 2020 loss, many of which haven't even accepted it because they've taken Trump's seditious lead, they're ready to come in there and hold hearings and impeach Biden, maybe even impeach Kamala. Don't fool yourselves. They have no agenda. They have no ideas. Center-right in this country always had ideas. I know a lot of liberals don't think that is true either, but they're wrong. Limited government, free markets, individual choice, individual liberty. I'm not the social stuff. I'm talking about what the conservative streak was about. I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat, but I'm homeless because I share views from both. But what I don't share is off the cliff progressivism. Country doesn't want it. I know I hear from all my friends, yes, if we only had socialized this, universal this, well, we don't have it. We're not Europe and we don't want it. Do we want people to be helped and do we want the government to do things? You bet. Government can't change your life, guys, but it can ameliorate your condition. A lot of people don't want to hear that either. Did COVID relief save people's lives? Yeah, arguably, of course. But at the end of the day, it can only ameliorate your condition. And if progressives think... And just so you know, I'm actually for the cancellation of student loan debt because I think we should free up that money for the economy. And I think the government's been a lender and it's been corrupt because the government and the universities have worked together, allow government to loan people money so the universities can raise their tuition. That's what happened. So we'll talk about that at a separate time. But my point is the Democrats think we're going to run on student loans. We're going to run on gun control. That is not going to win you Congress. It doesn't mean that those ideas don't have merit. But you have to play it as it lays. Bring an Uzi to the gunfight, okay? If you don't know what an Uzi is, look it up. Go out and get yourself a metaphorical Uzi. Because you are facing a party, a group of people committed to not just your defeat. In many ways, they'd love to see you gone. They're committed, I mean erased, meaning they'd love to just have one party. And I know a lot of you want to just have one party. Well, we're a two-party democracy. That's not good. These folks are committed to the end of democracy. It's not hyperbole, guys. People aren't going to vote on January 6th. I know it. But don't forget those people climbing to the Capitol, defecating in Nancy Pelosi's office, threatening to hang Mike Pence. This stuff, don't move on. These people tried to overthrow a free and fair election. The first time we have not had a peaceful transfer of power from one president to the other in our 245, 246-year-old history. It's not a joke. And there are 101 million of you eligible people who did not even vote two years ago. You didn't vote. And now you don't like Biden. 
think gas prices are too high or food costs too much. You didn't vote. You didn't give them a sizable majority. You didn't send more Democrats to the Senate. They, they have been hamstrung. Can't blame Joe Manchin for everything. Sure, he's been an obstacle. So is cinema. But you didn't win enough seats. You didn't win the North Carolina Senate seat. Cal Cunningham lost to Tom Tillis. I was for Cal Cunningham, but he lost. Okay, Mitch McConnell and, uh, and Lindsey Graham didn't lose. Those were pie-in-the-sky dreams. Susan Collins didn't lose. Mark Kelly won in Arizona, which was good. He got a seat, picked up a seat in Colorado. That's good. But you didn't get enough seats in the House, too. You actually lost seats in the House because progressive candidates were fielded in areas of the country that, that they can't win in. They just don't win there. And you know what? We are not a one-size-fits-all country. We are a heterogeneous country with heterodox views full of roughly 330 million people who think differently, live in different parts of the country, say it all the time. Federal government shouldn't be imposing ranch fees on Montana ranchers. This is why they vote you out. I'm not even getting to the heart of this in the sense that the racism, the xenophobia, all that stuff is built in. I'm not talking about people on the right. I'm talking about the right threatening us. And people in the middle, right, the dirty moderate middle, allowed Joe Biden to win and did get Ossoff and Warnock elected to Georgia. Warnock's in big danger in Georgia. Herschel Walker's a total asshole, uh, brain damaged, charged with assault and knows nothing. Trump endorsed Stooge, but they're running an African-American candidate. The Democrats going to say it's racism. I know they try that. Well, that isn't going to fly. A dog's not going to hunt. What is your plan? A lot of good things have been done, from infrastructure to child tax credits, right, to Biden's handling on Ukraine. But it isn't landing. It isn't landing. And one of the and you guys don't know how to fight Democrats, which is why you've allowed this president, who's really been good. He has been good. Yeah, he's old, but he's led. He's led terrifically during this crisis. I think the best since George H. W. Bush at the first Gulf War, and I think he has helped steward us through advent and implementation of vaccines, COVID relief, the like, got a bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is going to bring rural broadband to people, which is going to give money to Amtrak. It's going to do a lot of things. But his agenda was stymied. Progressives didn't want to vote for some of the infrastructure stuff because they weren't going to get their bill back better. But well, nobody even knows what bill back better is because you guys never sold it. Brings me back to what I said. You're not up for this. I wish I had a different view. My view is subject to change. I might come back to you in a couple months and reappraise it, but I don't think so. I don't see the Liz Cheney's of the Democratic Party. I see the hand-wringing, outrageous people. Uh, I see left-wing people whining. Supreme Court's about to take away. I did a big episode on that. You're right to an abortion. All the people who are outside of these justices' homes, you have a right to be there, but listen to me. You're immature, and you're not solving anything. Are you registering people to vote? Are you registering people to vote? Or are you just going to sit and protest? It's not going to change one ounce of what these assholes on the court. You heard my rant. I'm on your side, but what is that doing? I know it is a life-threatening decision. I get it. I'm on your side. All the energy of protest could be done in grassroots 
volunteering, knocking on doors and getting people to vote. Nope, but you'd rather hand ring and you'd rather make it an issue. It's a huge issue. So instead of chewing the fat, how about solving it? But because I don't see that on the horizon, yeah, makes me pessimistic. And I'm sorry to be gloomy, but that's the truth. But you know what you can do? You can go to vote.org. All of you say it every week now. Go to vote.org, register, send it to your friends, get them registered. All right? Because you can't boo, as Obama always said, you got to vote. Vote.org, folks. All right. Thanks for joining me, as always. Thanks for all your support. I really appreciate it. Love doing this. I'll come back to you next week with another appraisal. In the meantime, stay dirty, stay moderate.